0: Looking to stand out from the pack at your first job? When you earn a master's in management from Georgetown, you'll gain the skills employers value most, elevating your career prospects for
1: years to come. Get started at choosegeorgetown.com slash MIM. Hop in, it's the Smart Driving Cars podcast. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the Faculty Chair of Autonomous Vehicle Engineering at Princeton University, Alan Kornhauser. Hi, Alan. Hi, Fred. Well, it has been another busy week. The National Transportation Safety Board came out with a preliminary report on the fatal Tesla crash in March in Silicon Valley. The vehicle was on autopilot, and you in the new smart driving car newsletter raise some questions
0: yes um there there are some questions to be asked I'm, i It's good that they divulge uh what they divulge but i think that there are still some questions that that need to be asked to see um, how endemic uh the problem is and and what the problem really is um i think there's some more uh details of really what happened in the last 8 seconds uh before the crash uh and specifically um what the the tesla system was doing what it was sensing what it saw what it didn't see and what it decided to do versus what it decided uh, of course not to do and um and so this is really very important on this one because um, of course um uh, one um, one uh, approaches the kind of situation in which there's a a, a diverge point, and there's basically um, a a, um, uh, a frog or a, a, a stop the, a, a between those two points at some point, and one wants to take one way or the other. One doesn't want to split the middle, and um, and this is um, this is a. This is an important maneuver, and it has to be done well, essentially, every time. And so one needs to understand very well what happened here and what went wrong so that it can be fixed, so that there are some details with respect to this. The interesting thing about this, and and it's the same way as when we all drive and approach a a diversion where we're about to take a an exit ramp, um, uh, you know, we tend to be following a car that's ahead of us and the car ahead of us may be going straight and we wanna exit off to the right or to the left, it, either one. And uh, so our car, the car in front of us, uh, all, of a, all of a sudden is no longer in front of us. And so the the, the switching over from being in some sense in a vehicle follower mode uh to being into in a mode in which um uh you're the lead vehicle and um you now need to stay uh in one in your lane as opposed to just assuming that the vehicle in front of you is staying in its lane and you're just following it, there, there's a there's some different logic that kicks in there and in that transition, um, I don't know if that's what went wrong here at this case, but um, that needs to be understood very well.
1: Well, there were re- also, four reports, uh, too. I believe it's it's included in this prelim- preliminary report that uh, the driver was given repeated warnings by the vehicle to to grab the wheel.
0: Yes, but in, in some sense, maybe, uh, you know, uh, he, he was given warnings in advance of this. I don't think he was given a warning at, in the eighth second before the crash or during the seventh Second before the crash or even the sixth the fifth and fourth and so on i don't at least it's not that's not what is implied here it was implied that he, that uh, that uh, maybe in in an effort to make sure that the driver was paying attention that um that uh, to to touch the wheel but there in in the in the um uh, testimony um it said, it, or in what's the report, one of the things that is said is that for the last six seconds prior to the crash, the vehicle did not uh, detect the driver's hands on the steering wheel. Uh, well, what happened in the seventh second prior to the crash? Did he touch the steering wheel? Uh <laughs> Or in the 8th in the or the ninth second, um, it, that's, that's left unclear. If he did touch the wheel at the 7th second prior to the crash, um, what did, his, did that touching do anything to the steering system? Did he, did he override it? Uh, what, what are the details there? And there, I think, details matter an awful lot. And so uh, the NTSB is just leaving everybody hanging, and um, and well, I, I guess they don't care if they leave us hanging, uh, as long as uh, Tesla knows what ha- what happened and fixes it.
1: Well, the point that you make is that uh, if there is valuable information uh, there, it should it should be shared.
0: It should be shared because others uh, other systems that, that that are like this. Um, uh, encounter those same situations, and and one has to identify and what happened in this one that caused everything to go so bad.
1: Well, Tesla is also making some other kinds of headlines. Uh, teasing a Model Y SUV with Elon Musk saying it might not have a steering wheel. Production, he says, should begin within twenty-four months. But we all know what that might mean with Tesla uh, uh,
0: might and 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 could uh, my goodness uh thank you Elon okay um you're you're pumping it I hope you're not pumping it to dump it
1: well the the interesting thing is uh the the teasing that there might not be a steering wheel what what exactly that means I guess we we really don't know.
0: We really don't know. In other words, uh, is he is he going to give us sort of a airplane type of uh, of, uh, of, uh, of steering column? Uh, is he going to give us a joystick? Is he going to give us uh, you know buttons to push? Uh, he's not ready to take the um, the steering wheel out of the car and um, um, and. Uh, he, That's all I have to say about that one. He's not ready.
1: Well, Waymo, in in the meantime, a company that that does appear to be ready for a lot of things, is hoping to bring self-driving car service to Europe. Uh, The Google spinoff we know has been ordering tens of thousands of vehicles, minivans, and Jaguars. And now the indications are they're going to go to Europe with some of them.
0: Well, yes. Uh, I guess the, you know they're in it to win it, and um, and and maybe they're seeing as the U.S. market isn't big enough. Um, again, uh, I think that this is a little bit of hype. I would rather see them uh, focus and making it really work in the good old U.S. of A and providing all the marvelous benefits uh, to society that the systems could provide and focusing on that and um and let the the rest of the world uh, maybe um uh, come around uh, there is so much to do to do it well uh, here uh, in River City, that uh, we should—I uh, would like to see Waymo focus it on doing it well—and um, would welcome them coming to Central Jersey and and doing it in Central Jersey rather than Europe.
1: You no, know, perhaps uh, the the strategy is to not allow a competitor uh, to to get a leg up in in Europe.
0: Uh yeah right great sure uh, um uh, i think uh, uh the competitor will be there um i'm sure that uh, soft bank is uh, is going to be competing they're going to be competing here in the united states um, uh, i don't know um Part of this is that, that that some substantial amount of this uh, is subject to localization and localization is important and um, and until they can do it well uh, in, um, in a number of parts of the United States, um, I think uh, uh, there's enough to keep them very busy and very profitable and very happy. Uh, without have uh, without hyping it up and saying hey we're going to go do it in the world and 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 Europe and and uh, at least they didn't say China because uh, you know I guess they know that they'll get their butts kicked kicked in China so um, at least they're smart enough not to say that.
1: Well, uh, you you already mentioned that you'd like to see them come to Central New Jersey, and now there's a report uh, that an aide to the governor wants to open the door to driverless testing. In the Garden State, and I think you've been at work at this, Ms.
0: Well, yeah, I guess I'd like to see it happen, and and hopefully, uh, hopefully, this is real. I just was at the um, ITS America conference in Detroit, and it was it was really nice sitting in the audience to to hear the governor of Michigan be such a, a well spoken and and informed and and, uh, and 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 wonderful supporter um of of this technology and um and um would like to see the same thing happen in New Jersey
1: and uh, well the indications are that uh, you are making some progress we heard that uh, not too long ago at the at your smart driving car summit
0: Yeah, well, um, uh, it's it's better than it was, although, as I've said to some people, um, when you're when you're negative uh, degrees Kelvin, uh, you're pretty low. So anything is an improvement.
1: Well, hopefully there'll be some movement that uh, we'll be able to talk about by the time the next summit rolls around anyway. The list of locations where driverless vehicles are being deployed is continuing to grow. Uh, The CBC is saying that this summer driverless shuttles will be available to the public in Calgary and Edmonton. These are small, uh, like 12-seaters shuttle vehicles uh, traveling at low speeds on specific routes. So ordinarily you might say not a big deal, but here we go up in Canada.
0: Yeah, it's nice that the the candidate is doing it. It's nice that that other locales are doing it, and and of course, you know, some of the things that we're trying to do here in New Jersey, are trying to bring bring a similar thing to Princeton, trying to bring a similar thing to Mercer County. There are places where these shuttles can provide a uh, good mobility for for people, and uh, and the more the better. So happy. To you know, see and this it. will be
1: the first time up there that the general public will be able to. Uh hop on board, so to speak.
0: Right. And there are, of course, implications on the, them working in some uh, challenging weather conditions. Uh, but again, the idea is not to solve the challenging weather condition. The idea is is to provide uh, great mobility for, um, let's say, 80 or more percent of the time uh, let's get started and do that well, and we'll get the rest of it um, in, in due course. General
1: Motors making some news. Uh, they're expanding what they call the Super Cruise across the the full Cadillac lineup, perhaps some other brands too. That's uh, I know you're a fan of this.
0: Yeah, I, I am a fan. I I, I guess I, I really like what the, the way that they've um, they've uh, implemented that system, uh, primarily with the eye tracker. I, um, not that we should be treated like children when we drive but we should be treated like children when we drive if we want to if we want to have our toys then uh, then we need to behave uh, appropriately and if we don't then the toys are taken away from us and i think that they've done a very elegant um, um implementation of that 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 is not draconian but just basically reminds uh, people that uh, that the system that they have in the Cadillac CT6 is not a driverless system. It is a self-driving system, uh, which requires adult supervision. And if you're not willing to provide adult supervision, then, um, then you should basically, um, uh, not use it and the, the toy should be taken away. And uh, it's, it's of course not a toy. It's, a, it's, it, a, provides a, a enormous comfort and convenience and 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 uh, and safety uh, but it has to be used um, um, uh, in in a respectful manner and um, and so i think they've done a, a very uh, an ideal implementation and i was asking them or or do you have um, intellectual property that that, that basically uh, will keep other people from implementing or, or copying the way that you've uh, that you've used um, uh, the the eye tracker to um, to uh, um, be able to implement uh, this uh, this adult supervision? And uh, they said no, and, and so that's very good to hear. Of course, the details of how they do it, uh, of course, they'll keep to themselves, but at least the concept, it won't be like a single-click, double-click uh, stuff that uh, we went through with respect to the Internet. And, uh, so it, it's it's kind of uh, – it, it's nice. So, yes, I am a Describe
1: – for people who are, aren't really that familiar with the, the Super Cruise, te- describe for us how it works, uh, what what it's like in the
0: car. Well, basically. Recruits is, is designed to work uh, only on, on uh, divided highways and divided highways that have been appropriately mapped uh, by uh, um, uh, GM and um, and basically driven so that they, they have high confidence that the system will work properly in those areas. So uh, once you're in those locations driving on on those roads in those in those corridors, and um, the opportunity to turn it on exists. And so you turn it on, but, uh, but, but while you're, you're, you've turned it on, they have an eye tracker in there that basically uh, um, senses whether or not you're, you're at least paying attention some of the time to the road ahead. I'm not sure exactly how they have a time, whether or not it. If uh, you um, you don't gaze on the road ahead in greater in, in, in more than uh, seven seconds or five seconds, then it begins warning you. And, and if you persist at, at not uh, paying attention to the road ahead, then then it basically pulls over and stops. And and I think I don't know how draconian they are, but you may even have to have a GM representative. Um, and talk to them and and basically um admit to your to your misbehavior before they'll turn the thing back on. I don't think it's quite that bad because uh, unfortunately my local Cadillac dealer doesn't doesn't have one of these things yet so I haven't been able to, to ride it at, um, myself but uh, that's basically the way that
1: It the sounds like works. it would be a pretty valuable tool in in the battle against uh, texting while driving too perhaps.
0: Well, yes. Uh yeah, that that's 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 true. That's true. I it's just it's just a good thing to do and uh and again, um uh, uh not to go back to the to the Uber the Uber crash, you know, the 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 fact that that the that the driver in the Uber crash was looking down. I mean, the problem was that Uber located their their monitoring screen um, uh, so the, where you can monitor the system, you, you had to look down, and, and you, you not even your peripheral vision had the opportunity to see the road ahead. Um, uh, the way the the, the the other sort of elegant thing I'll call it elegant thing that that, that um, uh, GM um, uh, created was they put an LED, a green LED, on the top of the steering wheel. Um, or that LED turns green when the system is on, and when when the system is uh, is is uh, wants you to take over, it turns red and it changes color but but it's there basically as you're looking on the road ahead, it's in your peripheral vision, and if you look down to it, the road ahead would would remain in your peripheral vision. So your 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 warning in terms of and what you need to monitor uh, in terms of the appropriate performance of the system is basically a a a light that is that is always uh, within either your central or peripheral system vision system, while the road ahead is similarly. In in the in the peripheral or 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 fovea vision uh, part of your vision system, so it's it's just done well, and and of course I guess one should expect it because uh, uh, and GM has been working on this for a very long time, and. and so it's nice that they did all that hard work that led up to this, it looks like it's a very successful. And it occasion. sounds like they use
1: some good old common sense in the in the layout, the design.
0: Yeah, I think so. <laughs> That's great. What, what's wrong with common sense? Nothing at all.
1: I wanted to throw this one out here, too. MIT's Technology Review is saying that researchers have released the largest self-driving car data set yet. They called the BDD 100K data set, made up of 100,000 videos recorded on board autonomous cars, is now available for download from the University of California, Berkeley. Um, I guess there's been other data that's been previously released. Uh, Baidu, for example, had some uh, self driving car data in March released, but this is like 800 times larger. Is this a big deal?
0: well yeah i think it's a it's a good deal it's there there's need for these data sets and and what's important about it is it's a labeled data set so therefore uh what they've used is uh, various mechanisms to be able to uh, label the objects that are in the in the uh in the in the field of view and uh, so that the, if you're going to test your your uh system that, that would uh, uh also attempt to do the labeling of, of those. You can basically determine when you're right and when you're wrong or when you agree and when you disagree uh with the current uh, with their labeled data set. How absolutely perfect that labeled data set is, I, I think probably still um, um has uh is subject to potentially some questioning uh, but it's, it's very close to perfect. Um, using uh, those, um, uh, those uh, images uh, is, is good to, to be able to test, uh, but you, you really can't test the, the reaction of your system uh, to now uh, modifications of driving behavior that you might um, uh, use in, in driving some of those scenes. And so that's sort of the limitation of fixed um, uh, image sets, as opposed to creating a virtual environment in which uh, that virtual environment uh, has, of course, all the objects labeled, and then um, putting then a driving simulator on top of it that then uh, creates uh, and, and allows you for to do the the dynamic testing of of your of your recognition systems. Uh, so, um, but the, um, uh, this is a valuable, interesting,
1: and uh, I guess uh, the the whole idea of transparency, sharing of data, this is all a part of that.
0: This this is a part of that. Uh, what one needs and is is not just uh, the data for when uh, the the travel uh, traveling was successful and you didn't hit anything. Uh, oh, the critical data is basically again the the, the eight seconds leading up <clears throat> to the Tesla crash. Uh, what were the sensors uh, reporting, and what how did, was the system responding, and what control commands did the system make, and how did the vehicle respond to that in those critical eight seconds? Uh, leading up to that crash and each of the other crashes. Those are the really important ones because buried in all that, those data are, oh my goodness, there's something we have to fix. Terrific.
1: Well, I'm going to take this occasion to, uh, wish my co host a, a happy birthday, by the way. <laughs> we'll throw that in there. And,
0: uh, yeah, days. Yes, I get to celebrate, I don't know, my nth, uh, 39th birthday.
1: And on that note, that's it for this edition of the Smart Driving Cars podcast. You can find us at SmartDrivingCar.com and find my tech reports at Techstonation.com. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with Alan Kornhauser. Thanks for tuning in.